Hey everybody, welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a bonus episode of Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we are discussing Love Classified, a movie in Hallmark Spring into Love lineup for 2022. Before we tell you our thoughts on this movie, we would like to invite you to join our super exclusive Facebook group just for Hallmark movie fans. If that's you, hop on over to Girls Gone Hallmark on Facebook, and Wendy will leave a link in our show notes to make it easy. It's popping. It's popping over there. It is. I love the community over there. There's like a lot of people who know a lot of stuff, and yep. I, I'm I love it. I love it. They actually scooped me on something the other day. I was about to go post something in the group and somebody had already posted it. Stop. I love it. Yes, come join. We're going to do Hallmark News and Notes. We cannot bury this headline. Okay. So lots of actually big news coming out of Hallmark, but Mm -hmm. the biggest, the the queen of Hallmark has abdicated her throne. Goodbye. If you haven't heard, Candace Cameron Bure has signed a deal to develop, produce, and star in movies and series and take on an executive role for GAC Family. I have a quote from a Deadline.com article that she talked about this move, and I, I'm just curious your thoughts. You might have read it too, but I just I'm I'm curious what you what you have to say. She says, I'm very excited to develop heartwarming family and faith-filled programming and make the kind of stories my family and I love to watch. Mm. And she also says that, um, you know, because she's going to be doing a ton of stuff, like you said, she she's excited for great quality entertainment with a positive message. And I am really annoyed by all of that. And not surprised. Well, and what she doesn't say, but what we read into that is that she's going to be creating that on GAC family because Hallmark has potentially turned away from that. Isn't that how you read it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, is that fair? Maybe not. Maybe she just is trying to put a positive spin. Maybe they offered her a ton of money. Um, I don't think GAC has produced original content since Christmas. They're just rerunning sitcoms over there, so they definitely need the influx of content. I read multiple mm-hmm. articles about this, and I never saw the word exclusive. So I don't know if that means mm. that she will still be creating Hallmark movies. I looked in every press release I could find. I never saw the word exclusive. So I think that would leave her open to create a Hallmark movie. Although I think what she wants is to be like, hey, you want to see the Queen of Christmas? Come on over to get because you're not going to get it in Countdown to Christmas 2022. I think you are right. Yeah, I can't imagine that Hallmark's going to be like, all right, yeah, you can do a movie for us. No, I think this just paves the way for other actresses. And, you know, my queen of Hallmark is Lacey Chabert. Chabert. Mm. So I'm I'm here for more of her movies. I just don't think people are going to follow her there. There are some, for sure. There are some people who are leaving Hallmark. And I I will talk more about that as it pertains to this movie. I just don't think they're going to follow her in droves the way Gak thinks they are. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think she's got her hardcore following for sure. Sleepy Kitty Paw, who is insider of the all best. things Hallmark on Twitter. 
uh-huh. had a long thread about this, and I can send you the link to include in our show notes for anybody mm-hmm. who would like to read her thoughts. I actually don't know their thoughts. And one of the things she says is the reality is that the hallmark part of the hallmark equation seems just as important as the actor. For example, Danica McKellar's final hallmark movie, You, Me and the Christmas Trees, had 2.2 million viewers, while her first GAC title, The Winter Palace, had about 100,000. Danica McKellar is not Candace Cameron Bray in the world of hallmark, but she is a well-liked, well-known face. It wasn't enough to bring those 2.2 million people over. And what I think Gak is ignoring and that Sleepy Kitty Paw points out is like Hallmark is like Kleenex. Grandma knows where Hallmark is. She knows how to find it on her TV. She knows that's where her movies are. When people talk about Christmas movies, they often talk about Hallmark movies, even if it's that style of movie across multiple channels. And Mm so I just don't think GAC can compete. And we have many, many times talked about our thoughts on the way GAC is weaponizing the term family friendly. I am not here for it. And so I am disappointed a little bit in CCB's decision to do this. I am not surprised. Well, meaning they're not surprised either. I think either they showed her a ton of money, like you said, And Mm -hmm. with tons of opportunity to, like, curate programming and produce and whatever, right? Um, I mean, how could you turn down that offer? That probably feels really good. I think in the wake of, look, Lacey Chabert's movies did better than hers. A number of movies did better than hers this past year. And then they kind of, with the Wedding Veil trilogy, somewhat crowned their favorites in a way, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel it's a statement on many levels. Moving on, what other big Hallmark news coming out this week? Um, We heard that Andrew Walker signed an exclusive, that was listed in the deal, multi-picture deal with Hallmark. More Andrew Walker. Listen. Please. Andrew Walker is like BFFs with Tyler Hines, so I'm gonna I'm gonna expect an exclusive Tyler Hines deal coming to the coming to the news scape Mm -hmm. here soon, Mm -hmm. too. I don't know. This makes me so happy. Give me more curious caterer with Andrew Walker. Yes. Let's get popping on uh, Love Classified. Let's hear it. Are you ready for a synopsis? I am. Okay. It's a short one. Romance novelist Emilia returns home after a long absence to reconnect with her children who are also finding their own paths to love. Stars. Melora Hardin. Arian Mandy. I know I'm saying that wrong. What? How do you say it? That sounds right to me. Okay. Catherine McNamara and Max Lloyd-Jones. I always butcher everybody's name. I'm so sorry. I feel terrible about it. I just want to say that the IMDb page is an embarrassment. The number of... um, There's like 20 actors listed and five of them have their character names listed alongside them. Like... Mm. Hannah's name isn't listed. Taylor's name isn't listed. It's it's an embarrassment. Somebody, whoever was in charge of that needs to get on their game. Well, here's my inside scoop on uh, IMDb. It, it's not very user-friendly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure some intern is like, ah, how do I do this? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I can't. Yeah, but I understand. <laughs> Let's hop into some news and notes about this movie. Okay. It was filmed not in Vancouver, 
but in mm-hmm. Victoria, which is the cutest little town you ever did see. Have you been there? I have. Oh, nice. I just shared on our Hallmark Facebook page, not group, a really cute article about like real life Hallmark towns. And I want to tell you, last weekend I was in Summerland, California, and I stopped for breakfast at this totally adorable cafe. And I was like, this is like a Hallmark Main Street here. This is so cute. I mean, I don't know why they're not filming movies there, other than it's in California. But <laughs> is Summerland, California the same place that the Summerland TV show starring Lori Laughlin was filmed or <laughs> named for? Full circle moment here. Um, I think it I think it is. Yeah. Yes. Like Santa Barbara County. Yeah. 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 I like it, that show, by the way. <laughs> I I think I watched it. I don't really remember the details of it, though. I was mixing it up with uh, the reboot of 90210 because she was the mom in that, too. Oh. So I was like, did they come move from Summerland to uh, Beverly Hills? Or am I confused here? Yeah. Many. Um, Okay. The writer of this movie is Lynn Sternberger, and she also wrote for Melora Hardin on The Bold Type. I love it. So speaking of Melora Hardin, she plays Amelia. Uh, she's most notable for playing Jan on The Office, which is a show you've never watched. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, she was Michael's girlfriend. She was very funny on that show. Oh. She was Jacqueline on The Bold Type, which is a show we loved. Mm-hmm. Except for that last season. But other than that, it was really great. And she just was on the 30th season of Dancing with the Stars which I also watched and she finished in sixth place she was oh. great she was oh. great on that show I I need to tap into my old lady side and get on some Dancing with the Stars well, I mean was it's that not... the most recent season with Jojo Siwa yeah yeah oh, exactly okay. I was just stoked because like you know it the winners are always like the young ones you know what I mean but and Melora I don't know how old she is but she's older than me and I was very impressed with her dancing ability her stamina her good attitude like she was a pleasure to watch awesome yeah uh Catherine McNamara plays Taylor Mm -hmm. um I was looking at her IMDb she has a ton of acting credits Including yeah. the CW's Arrow, a show that I am not familiar with, but I think it's for maybe the teens or the sci fi group. Yeah, 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 it's not for me. Um, I think she's also new to Hallmark, and I would like to see her again. Oh, God, I loved her. So cute. She's so freaking cute. Right? Such good hair, too. She has great hair. Max Lloyd Jones, he plays the brother Zach. Now, he's currently on Disney Plus in the book of Bobo Fett and season two of The Mandalorian. Bobo These are shows. Fett. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's the book Boba? of. Oh, whatever. I-, I was just going to say these are shows I do not watch. <laughs> Star Wars is completely lost on me. I don't know any details, but uh, here's a fun note. And maybe you recognize him from Once Upon a Time. Oh, I don't. Who did he play? Jacob. He was like somebody's like hand, hand man or something. I don't know. Oh, man. Okay. I'll have to ask my son. Oh, is he like that show or rewatching that show? Yes. My husband was the biggest fan and then they rewatched it together. Oh, cute. Cute, cute, cute. Uh, Max Lloyd Jones also is not new to Hallmark. He played Tom Thornton on When Calls the Heart from mm. 2015 to 2018. Just a side note here. We have a 
great guy in our homework group named Michael. And he gave us some criticism a while back about not having enough deep knowledge of actors Uh and actresses. So I just want to note that I really did a deep dive. I can tell. In preparing for this episode. Can you tell? I can. (laughs) All right. I just wanted to make that clear. Um, Finally, Dr. Frankie, she is played, and I'm... Tell me her name again. Arian? Is that yeah. so right? Yeah. Okay, Arian Mandy. I know her as Danny Nunez from the L Word Generation Q on Showtime, which I'm a big fan of. I really like that show quite a bit. Um, and if you remember when we did our Spring Into Love like preview episode, uh-huh. I we had talked specifically about this movie and this actress. And do you remember what I said? Well, you wondered if there was a same-sex storyline coming, but I don't know if that's what you're asking me. That's what I'm asking you. Okay. I remember that. Yes. And I base that on that she is in a same-sex relationship on the L word, Generation Mm -hmm. Q. So um, I was trying to put the puzzle pieces together, and I was correct. Indeed. Daisy Harden directed this movie, and she also directed 2021's Christmas Sale, which we liked a lot. Yeah. We did record a... um, a review of that movie, but it was only on Patreon. I did try to look and see because I was going to drop it in our show notes, but it's not available for the for the regular listening public. You could subscribe to our Patreon and get access to back episodes, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. One last thing. Um, I had read that Melora Hardin told MediaVillage.com that she hoped this would be a momentous film for Hallmark. Well, I think that is accurate. This unfortunately had the lowest premiere numbers for 2022 Hallmark movies at 1.26 million. Oh my God. The second lowest prior to that was Second Chance at Love, which is heartbreaking to me. Um, the highest was The Wedding Veil, the first one at 3.3 million. No other movie topped 3 million. I hope that this movie got a lot of good feedback. I was following the hashtag on Twitter and so many people left such such great comments. There's always a lot of tweets, but it's always like, love Hallmark, love that. And these were really personal thoughts. And a lot of people were saying like, I loved seeing a reflection of my own relationship on Hallmark. I love seeing these women together. I love seeing Hallmark embrace this. And so I'm hoping this movie has a little bit of a slow burn. I tweeted that I think if you've never watched a Hallmark movie to start with this one, and I do know that we have some listeners of our main podcast that listen to these episodes in spite of not being Hallmark movie watchers. And I would say to you, we've said it before, if you're going to watch a Hallmark movie, watch this one. If you're going to watch a Hallmark movie, watch this one. If you're never going to watch another one, this is such a departure. I know I'm veering off news and notes. I'll get back to it, but no, I would say that. No, keep going. I love it. Also, this movie was executive produced by Neil Dodson, who is the husband of Ashley Williams. Oh. Um, he also had a hand in the Sister Swap movies. And Melora Hardin tweeted, fun fact, cover of all my books are the face of the producer's wife, Ashley Williams. I'm trying to remember if I saw any of her books. I apparently didn't notice because I didn't see this tweet until after I had finished watching and then did not go back and look for them. But I mean, I, I remember she holds it up. It's something about like a prog, something about prog. I'm going to, I might have to go back 
and look just out of curiosity. Yeah. I was hoping someone would include a photo and I can't find any photos that have been posted. I accept that challenge. Mm -hmm. I will. (laughs) If I find them, I will put them in the show notes, guys. Excellent. I would like to get on my IMDb soapbox for a minute. Oh, gosh. I have that also. Please, let's start. Okay. I am really disappointed at the reviews, and I'm doing reviews in air quotes on IMDb. Like you said, there were some supportive ones in there, but comments like, this isn't family viewing, and um, it saddens me to see Hallmark embracing wokeness, which Mm. makes my head want to explode when I see somebody using that word. There's just so much hate. So much hate. Yeah, it turns my stomach. I looked at the IMDb reviews, and I was very pleasantly surprised that when I opened up the reviews, the first several were all very positive. Mm -hmm. And at the time that I looked, there were more positive reviews than negative reviews. That may have changed. Um, But like you, I saw that people use the term woke. Please stop. Please stop. Um, And the comments, like I said, they turned my stomach. And I am not in a same-sex relationship. And I can only imagine that this this movie was so beautiful. And it was such a, like, adorable, sweet rom-com. And if I were in a relationship with a woman and I saw people telling me that my life isn't Mm family-friendly, it's it just... It's sickens me. And this, again, is why we strongly dislike Gak. They've taken that term family friendly and they've weaponized it in a way that is incredibly dangerous because you're telling people that their lives are not for public consumption. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a call to action here and I want to encourage listeners of this podcast that if you like this movie, I want you to head over to IMDb and write a positive review for it. Now, I, you have said before that IMDb is not user-friendly, but I know you've left reviews. So tell people that that's a different situation. That's a different situation. You can leave a review. It's super easy. It's the back-end stuff of yeah, IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're adding like details about actors and movies and who produced it and that kind of stuff. So the back-end stuff of IMDb. It has a very user-friendly interface for if you want to leave a review or a rating on it. So I really encourage listeners, if you like this movie or any other movie in the last two years that include included diversity of any kind go write positive messages for it on imdb those people in entertainment are looking at that yes i love that that that's a great idea thank you you're welcome let's talk first impressions yeah you go i tried cleaning my kitchen while watching and i couldn't (laughs) (laughs) this wasn't one of those you could just throw on and have in the background huh no and i I kept having to stop and pause and go back and rewatch and turn on closed captions. And then I just had to stop the movie and finish cleaning my kitchen and then go back to the movie when I was able to watch and enjoy it. Nice. 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 Okay. So for me, this movie wasn't perfect, but this is a top three Hallmark movie for me. For people who don't know the history here, I had never seen a Hallmark movie prior to 2021. Is that right? No, 2020. 
2020, Christmas 2020, never yeah. seen one, have no interest in it. Like, it is just not for me. And I've watched two years of some really terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a handful that I really like. And this is one of them. So it just makes me super excited. Would you be able to name your top three or you just know this is one of the best? Oh, absolutely. Um, A Christmas Waltz with Lacey Chabert. Oh. Love that movie. And um, Tyler Hines and Unexpected Christmas. Great choices. Great choices. Yeah. And those are two Christmas movies. So here, this is a non-Christmas Hallmark movie that I, I'm telling you, will watch again. I loved it. Same. Awesome. Okay, let's talk about what you liked. Um, One thing I liked is this movie had the feel of movies like a movie you hate, love, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. A movie you maybe have seen, Valentine's Day. Nope, never seen it. Um, It has a huge, it stars like. Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Garner and it has an enormous cast and it what those movies have in common is they both have big casts of characters with intersecting lives but each character has their own story and I loved that format for Hallmark we usually follow one character beginning to end and then there's other little mild off stories I felt it was a pretty even balance among the characters and what was happening and I liked that Awesome. For me, number one was the story. Um, The romantic storyline between Taylor and Frankie was secondary to the story about this family dealing with grief and hurt and disappointment. And to that, I say bravo to Hallmark for giving us something deeper than just the familiar tropes that we're used to. Yeah. Like, this to me felt like a... And I always say this, like a real movie. Yes. Thousand percent agree. Like a Netflix movie. Yes. Do you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I like, there are uh, several romantic entanglements in this movie, but the only people who have a kiss are Taylor and Frankie, and they kiss twice. I know. And, and like mid-movie. Yes. It wasn't one of those like, I love you at the end and, and over. You it know? was a good kiss, too. I agree. So what I like that this movie not only gives us like a same sex couple, which we've had movies in the last couple of years that have show same sex couples, right? Mm. Or talk about them, you know, or yeah. impl- imply. But this really explored a topic of like sexual fluidity that we did I say that right? Yeah. I, I've never seen anything really like that before. You know, like Taylor, I mean, it's implied that she's straight, right? At the beginning. But then well, meets Frankie and is like, um, I'm open to this. Yeah, that it was, she'd never been in a relationship with a woman, but that it was more about, oh, I have an attraction to this person. Right. And love then the best love. part of it, right. And then the best part of it is that, uh, her coworker Hannah and her brother and her mom don't even blink at it. They're like, all right. Y- you know, it was just awesome. Yeah, Hannah's her biggest cheerleader. I love Hannah in this movie when she's Me like, too. I got a fever. Oh, she was great. You know, her mom's first reaction is, my daughter's dating a doctor. I, 
I, yes, well done. There wasn't even a moment where they had to have this like coming out and the family struggles. Everyone's just so happy for her. Yeah. Yeah. I love the gal that played Hannah. Her name is Baraka Ramani. And I had to look her up because she's not listed on IMDb. I don't believe. Or she might be. I had to look at her Instagram. She's listed on IMDb, but she's not named as Hannah. So she's in the full cast, but... She was hilarious and who and who wrote the lines for her were so funny. I just thought she was so funny. Agree. And she has a a pretty small um list of IMDb credits, but I hope I hope we see more of her. Yeah, me too. Hey, uh, Melora Hardin's wardrobe was fabulous. I thought it was oh, chic yeah. and sophisticated. Did you even notice? Her big, giant, pink, puffy sleeves. I'm like, that's something Jacqueline from The Bold Type would wear when she was in that right? bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought she looked so pretty. And she had, like, these, like, like really pretty, like, elaborate suits on with, like, these pretty, like, ruffled, you know, shirts. I just, I like that look. I just thought she looked beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I thought they did the um, wardrobe well sorry. across the board. Sometimes they don't dress young women like young women. And I thought Taylor had a real mm-hmm. cute wardrobe as well. Well, she wore this super cute belt apron thing when she was working at the Blue Maria. Did you even notice it? I didn't. Kind of like a fanny pack, but kind of like something like a handyman would wear, you know, uh-huh. that has your like tools and stuff in it. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I want one. And she just looks stylish because she was like was really cute with her like cute shirts and jeans and then this cute little like belt. And I was like, I want to work at a plant shop. That would be so fun. <laughs> yeah. And her good hair. She had the best yeah. hair. I mean, this is coming from a girl who has great hair, too, so. But I have a really bad haircut right now, so I'm very envious no. of everyone's hair. No, you do not. Um, this is so small, but when Taylor and Zach go bowling and Taylor does her ridiculous bowling throw, she does this, like, little shimmy, like, slide to the side. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like, I can't. Obviously, it was improvised. Like, there's no way they could be like, and then slide in a way that's, like, really cute. I can't. I cannot describe it. You would have had to see it oh, in a moment. But. I know what you're talking about. She, like, throws it crazy, and then she, like, does a weird little shimmy to watch it go down the yes. alley, right? Yes. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> That's so funny that we noticed that same thing. Um, I want to say that Emilia's monologue at the end during her book reading had some moments that I thought no one would say that out loud but but she there was two things that really got me one when she talks about abandoning her adult children because she couldn't deal with her husband's death felt like a sucker punch to me like it had me very emotional yes and I was just like that felt very real because I know She's criticized, and from everything I've read, like, her character is criticized for, like, bouncing, right? Like, after her husband dies and leaves her adult children. But, like, people deal with grief in all different ways. And I don't know. I just thought it was very realistic, and I like that that it was, like, a hard topic. Second, she has, in the same monologue, she's... Let me, I'm going to read it. I wrote it down because I thought it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Did you pay close attention to that monologue or no? Uh, Yes. Okay. 
So she says that she wants to start writing her books in a way that, quote, pays tribute to the more complicated love stories around us. Not all are flawless, not all are romantic, and not all are expected. And I was like, is this the direction that Hallmark is going in? Count me in. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I was like, this is the story that we have in front of us. This was the movie. It wasn't, it wasn't flawless. The whole thing wasn't romantic. And it was unexpected. And complicated. Yeah. And, you know, Hallmark loves a happy ending. And we have so many, not so many, but we have several romantic storylines that are very up in the air and very incomplete and don't have a clear direction forward. And that's life. And that's where they were in this moment. And I liked it. When her book publisher comes in at the end and they're like, oh, he's a perfect match for Frankie's like doctor friend. I laughed out loud. I thought it was so funny. Just like a throwaway. Like it didn't even need to be like sad, but it was just so funny. Did you like anything else about this movie? Um, There were just, the writing was impeccable. It's just so funny and quippy. I mean, Hannah at one point is like spitballing things she can put on classify for the, mm-hmm. for the flower shop. And she's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, all my plant loving gnomies. And I mm-hmm. just like laughed out loud of the ridiculousness. But I, the writing, bravo. Let's talk about what we wished for. Well, to your point about Amelia's monologue and about showing the realness, I'm having a hard time both believing and forgiving Amelia for, to use her words, abandoning her children. Mm-hmm. I have not lost a spouse. I can't personally speak to that. I can imagine that it would be hard as hell to lose the love of your life. I cannot imagine a situation in which I then abandon my children. Yeah, I I agree. And neither can you. There's an, there's I you can't because no. but I, I feel agree, like if I but, were in that position, would you be like, yeah, now I want you to lose both parents? No. <laughs> no. But I could see how she could justify it by saying, like, well, they're adults. They're not like they don't need their mom you know, on the everyday anymore. I'm not justifying it. I just think that grief is a real bitch and it can do weird things to you. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And I can understand her needing to move away. I can understand her needing to say like, hey, I want you in my life, but I can't have it be in this place where all of my memories are. Mm -hmm. And look, of course they needed a conflict and I get it. I just... That is hard for me to understand. Sure. Okay. I understand, like, when children's, children die, marriages fall apart. That I can understand. I just don't understand the reverse. Okay. In happier news, I think Taylor and Frankie need a sequel. Absolutely. That's what you wish for? Yeah. <laughs> I would love a sequel. I would, yeah, I would love a sequel. What'd you wish for? Okay. Um, as much as I liked Melora Hardin's character, I thought she was manic at times. Oh. And I thought it was distracting. Like, she has, like, a a way of, of her acting where she, like, is, like, spitting out these lines at such a pace. And her head is, like, jerking around a little bit. It, it, it only happened in a few scenes, but I just found it very distracting. Like when she's talking herself or out of ordering coffee and a mimosa? That, when she's in the bar talking to you know who and um 
and when she's in the hospital, like she's just like acts. I I don't know. I can't. I like the word that comes to me is manic. Yeah. Okay. It's twitch. It's twitchy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Um. And this is an old lady complaint. I wish they would have left the little chat bubbles up on the screen longer because I needed to read them when they were doing like the classified, love classified, or whatever. You know. Thousand I had to pause. Yeah, I was like, leave that up there. I need to read it. Yeah. <laughs> the very uh, few things I wish for in this movie. Same. Oh, same. Are you ready for Did You See That? I am. I mean, look, we've both held back. Is the best Did You See That moment in the bar? Yes, it absolutely is. And who was the bartender? Hi, Paul Campbell. Oh, God. He comes on screen and I literally go, Paul Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's my long like lost high school buddy. <laughs> I did too. I like gasped. I'm like, Paul Campbell's in this. And then I was like, did he write this? So then it was like a deep dive on to see if like he wrote it. He did not. Um, yeah, I was so excited. To see. I was like, is he just in town doing something else? And then was like, hey, I'll pop in and play the bartender in this movie. And he has lines. He doesn't just drop a coffee and bounce. No. And there's one scene like... When her son shows up, it's really quite funny. And Paul Campbell's reaction to it was hilarious, I thought. I just love seeing him. I just love Paul Campbell so much. I do, too. I, I do need too. him in, in more movies. I know. He he likes to, I think, write more than act. Well, you know what is so funny? And I feel quite ashamed saying this. But when he was in the Santa Stakeout, we were doing, like, something on our Instagram or oh, something. Jesus. Like, if you... What? Did you just say... What were we calling it? Hottie something? Oh, wowie zowie. That's not where I thought you were going. What did you think I was going to say? Wait a minute. Go ahead. Oh, boy, guys. Uh, I thought he was... You know, we were like, is Paul Campbell wowie zowie? And we're like, no. But he's really turned it on for me. A hundred percent. Like, I want to see him on my screen. I love following his Twitter and his Instagram. I just love him so much. You know, I think Hallmark movies often have the opposite effect. They like unwowie zowie these people who are actually quite wowie in life. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I may cut this out, but I will tell you that <clears throat> there was a some promotional shots for the Santa Stakeout. And in one of them, Paul Campbell... And his co-star are sitting on steps. Do you know where I'm going with this? No. Oh. And he's, <laughs> he's like, kind of, like, man-spreading. And he's wearing a tight <laughs> pair of pants. Oh and, like, the rule of thirds um, focal point of yeah. that shot is his crotch. And his pants are tight. And <laughs> did Wendy screenshot that to me and say, am I looking at Paul Campbell's right here? <laughs> oh, I did. You're right. And I think right? the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes, too. I forgot about that. I'm terrible at objectifying these men on my TV. I mean, he, sorry. He objectified oh. himself. Yes, but I didn't have to, like, screenshot it and send it around the internet. You <laughs> Just know? to me. Just to me. Okay. I have one funny did you see that, and I, I think it's funny. In one of the early opening scenes... Margot, the bookstore manager, uh-huh. is walking and reading at the same time. Uh-huh. And she runs into this couple. And the guy in this pairing is like seven feet tall. He's huge. Yeah. Huge. His head is out of the frame. <laughs> right? 
And what's funny is that he's walking with a much shorter woman. And I had saw on IMDb a woman billed as height difference couple female. And I didn't get the joke until like I like put it all together. I was like, oh, this is the chick with the super tall dude. It was funny. Um, fun fact, did you know that they completely built that bookstore out of an empty room? That is not an existing bookstore. They staged it. Really? I'm impressed. Me too. So, um, at one point, Amelia is in a bar and she, her old high school flame shows up and she orders a Shirley Temple. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you see the Shirley Temple? No, I don't remember. I took a picture of it. It's not a Shirley Temple. Um, a Shirley Temple is a uh, Sprite and Grenadine, right? Am I this? Yeah. I am correct in this. No, it's like a. It looks like a, like a tequila sunrise. <laughs> Let me find the photo. It is red on the bottom and yellow on top, like a bright yellow on top. And it's yeah. so funny because on the screen, like the caption literally says, "Like oh, this is a Shirley Temple," and it has like an orange slice on it, which is not really the problem. But <laughs> it's red and orange. It's not a Shirley Temple. How hard is it to fake a Shirley Temple? I don't know. Maybe they didn't have any Sprite. Maybe clear soda there. Come on. But they're, are they in an actual bar? Were uh, they in a bar or a restaurant? I can't remember that they're scene. A, they're sitting at a bar. Oh. There's a bartender in this screenshot that I took. <laughs> um, I have one more, but this is a funny tweet. Less than a did you see that. There's lots of good tweets. I recommend looking at the hashtag love classified. But this is from Twitter user Ear Pinedo. And her tweet says, me, I love movies where a lady doesn't know she's gay until she runs into a hot, confident gay lady. Sister, the straights have meat cute, the gays have oopsie gazy. <laughs> uh, charmed me. That's movie. funny. Are you ready to rate this movie? Yes. On the count of three. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, four. Five stars. Five stars. Wow. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars. I loved it. Have you I loved it. a five star ever? When did we switch? Beginning 2022? Christmas Waltz. Well, Christmas Waltz is a four star and um, an, ex- an, an, an unexpected Christmas was a four star. This was prior to changing our ratings. So, yes, full stars. Full stars. Full stars. Impressive. I told you. You loved it. It was not perfect, but I loved it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. Come back on Tuesday for a brand new episode of the podcast. And before you go, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating or review. We see your reviews coming in and we love them. Keep them coming, friends. Thanks so much and happy watching. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.